0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, November 7, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Searchers recovered the body of an overdue hiker from Sitka's Mount Verstovia on Friday evening. 76-year-old Mike Mahdi was a veteran of Sitka's mountain rescue team who regularly climbed above the tree line to a knoll overlooking Sitka, known locally as Picnic Rock, to celebrate his birthday. Troopers were notified around 5 p.m. that Mahdi was overdue from his annual trek up the mountain. A ground team was deployed, as was a helicopter from Air Station Sitka. Searchers found Mahdi's body about two hours later, beside the trail just below Picnic Rock, where he had apparently died of natural causes. Madi was a fixture in emergency medical services in the region. Over his career, he helped organize and lead an emergency medevac department for the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium prior to the advent of commercial medevac services. He was a Wilderness Medical Associates instructor who taught many wilderness EMT courses for a variety of first response agencies. A former colleague for many years on Sitka Search and Rescue, Don Cluding, remembers that Madi had an understated approach to training. On Cluding's very first day on the team, Mahdi harnessed him to ropes and sent him down a 100-foot
1: cliff. You know, my knees were shaking, and I'm sure as I went over the edge, I had never repelled before. I'd never been lowered over a a rock face before or anything, and and here I am being introduced to this gentleman that I had never met before, and, you know, he's in charge, and he's tied this rope off to a tree, and they're they're talking about, yeah, they're just going to lower me over this edge and, and down to the bottom.
0: Cluding would eventually become captain of Sitka Search and Rescue and serve alongside Madi for 29 years. Madi joined the organization in March of 1983 and was still an active volunteer when he died. In fact, current Sitka Search and Rescue captain Matt Hunter says Madi was the team's most active member, working as a search dog handler, medic, and most recently, leading the incident management team. Don Cluding doesn't know how many lives Mahdi can be credited with saving, but he believes the way his life ended will resonate with the people who are dedicated to this line of work.
1: How fitting is this that he gets his last helicopter ride and it's a beautiful night, the moon's out, and he died with his back against a tree looking at the most beautiful view ever.
0: Memorial services for Mike Mahdi are pending. Polls will be open across Alaska and the nation in the 2022 general election on Tuesday, November 8th. But with more people than ever voting early and absentee, it's unlikely that Alaskans will know who they'll be sending to Juneau and Washington for a few days at
1: least. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. It took just over two weeks after the August 16th special election for Mary Peltola to be certified as Alaska's newest representative in Congress. During those two weeks, over 26,000 early and absentee votes were counted, and then the ranked-choice ballot process cemented Peltola's victory. Tuesday's results could shake out similarly. Early votes cast through the Thursday before Election Day will be counted on election night after 8 p.m., but it won't be until two weeks after the election, on the 23rd, when the final count of regional absentee ballots will commence and ranked-choice votes are tabulated. The November 8th ballot looks very similar to August's primary ballot, with four candidates remaining in each statewide race. Republican U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski is hoping to retake her seat, vying for it alongside Republican Kelly Shibaka, Democrat Patricia Chesbro, and Independent Buzz Kelly. Representative Peltola is competing for a full term against former Republican Governor Sarah Palin, Republican Nick Begich, and Libertarian Chris By. And for Alaska's governor's race, incumbent Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy is running against former Governor Bill Walker, an independent, Democrat Les Guerra, and Republican Charlie Pierce. Two candidates are vying for the House District 2 seat, which is being vacated by Democrat Jonathan christ Tompkins. The district represents Sitka, Petersburg, and surrounding communities. Either Republican Kenny Carl Scafflestad of HUNA or Independent Rebecca Hemshoot of Sitka will take the seat and be sworn in at the beginning of the next legislative session in January. Sitka Republican Senator Burt Stedman is also on the ballot, running for a fifth term representing Southeast communities from Sitka to Ketchikan in Senate District A. He's being challenged by Republican Mike Sheldon of Petersburg, who he handily defeated in the August primary. However, as Alaska's ranked-choice voting system allows the top four vote-getters in a primary contest to advance to the general election, regardless of political party, Sheldon will get another chance to unseat the 19-year incumbent from Sitka. In addition to giving the thumbs up or down to superior court judges in each district, voters will also weigh in on whether or not there should be a constitutional convention, a question put out to Alaskans every decade. In Sitka, polls are open at Harrigan Centennial Hall from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on November 8. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: Raven Radio will broadcast live election returns from NPR beginning at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Statewide election coverage from Alaska Public Media will be heard from 9 to 11 p.m. following our coverage of the Sitka Assembly meeting, which starts at 6 p.m. Trappers from Prince of Wales Island lashed out at state officials about the upcoming wolf season during a two-hour teleconference Wednesday night. The trappers want more harvest opportunity. They argue that the Alaska Department of Fish and Game has been mismanaging the wolf population for years and is putting the interests of small environmental groups above local voices. KRBD's Reagan Miller has more.
1: It's freaking insanity. 100% insanity.
2: Prince of Wales Island trappers gave a tongue lashing to Fish and Game over the preliminary announcement of a 31-day trapping season.
1: We don't want them all dead, but
2: there's too many.
1: Nobody wants the wolves to disappear, but they need to be managed. With the Fish and Game and the Forest Service, it just seems like anymore they've been kind of infiltrated by a lot of pro-predator people. And they're starting to make decisions based more on emotion than biology.
2: This season, the State Department is proposing a 31-day trapping period. They would expect somewhere between 60 and 100 wolves to be trapped. That equals an average of two or three wolves every day. Tom Shoemaker is Fish and Game's regional supervisor for the game unit that includes Prince of Wales Island.
1: So if we assume that
2: this year will be an average year, that would result in harvest of about 80 wolves. Um, however, it could be as few as 65 or it could be as many as nearly 100. Um, and we're comfortable with, with you know, something within that range. We think that'll be sustainable and, and provide uh, a lot of opportunity. The department wants to keep the island's wolf population somewhere between 150 and 200 animals. Based on data from last fall, Fish and Game thinks there's more than 260 on the island. That's lower than the 2020 estimate of 386 and the 2019 estimate of 316. Trapper Daniel Peters was tuned into the meeting. He says 31 days is just too short to keep the population under control.
1: This season being 31 days would be a uh, travesty to say the, the least. We're at a point right now that we we could actually fix this if we just keep, keep on them. But we need a little bit more time. We have to have at least two months, I think. To really get after it.
2: Peters pointed to the department's population estimate for the island. He says that should translate to a longer season.
1: You guys spelled it out and <coughs> said we'd have a full season if we had <coughs> over 200 wolves. <coughs> we do and we don't have a full
2: season. Peter spends most of his time trapping around Kupernoff, Mitkov, and Etlin Islands. Since he's been trapping wolves, he says he's seen deer and elk populations spring up, which he says is a good thing for subsistence users.
1: And I really think that's what you need to focus on is the ungulate population in Southeast in general.
2: Other trappers spoke about a declining deer population. Howard Walcott says he sees more wolves than deer while out setting his traps. He says that's a bad sign. Everybody's saying it. I'm just going to say it the nice way is well, we have too many wolves. It's plain and simple. Kurt Whitehead also says he thinks the population is out of control.
1: And so the deer, I mean, it's, it's shocking the number of wolves that we've seen and heard and the lack of deer. So I'm speaking for a whole bunch of local residents that our subsistence needs are not being met.
2: Others, like Sam Sawyer, accused the department of caring more about environmental groups advocating for wolf protections than about listening to locals. Because people like you have let environmentalists get to their freaking heads. Sawyer criticized fishing Game for not extending last year's trapping season after weeks of heavy snow forced many trappers to take their traps inside. He says the season should have been opened again to make up for lost time. We are the only goddamn state that promotes Predator population instead of freaking controlling them. State manager Schumacher says that decision wasn't fishing games to make. Reopening the season was up to the department's commissioner, Doug Vincent Lang. In Sawyer's eyes, problems with the deer population are tied to the wolves. The deer population is f-ed here in Thorn Bay, Prince of Wales, everywhere. Sawyer asked Schumacher if deer or wolves are more important. Both are important, and we're trying our best to manage so we can balance the two. The preliminary start date for the trapping is November 15th, ending December 15th. Final information is expected in a joint announcement from the U.S. Forest Service and Fish and Game. In Ketchikan, I'm Regan Miller.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka School District provides free Child Find Preschool Screening by appointment for children aged 3 to 5 Friday, November 18th at Baranoff Elementary School. For more information or to schedule an appointment, Call 907-966-1506. Kate DeRozers offers Zumba classes at 5.15 p.m. on Mondays through November downstairs at United Methodist Church. Drop-ins are welcome and discounts available for weekly or monthly options. Those with questions can email rainforestrosecreations at gmail.com. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.